What about, uh, you know, it's been done a million times before. No one's done it like you. Okay, no matter what you teach, no one's done it like you. And, and if you put your own sort of personality into it, you will have a unique product. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 23. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Here we are back again for another episode. I'm Rob. This is Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. Very excited to have you here for once again, another blather about the wonderful world of marketing. And a blather it shall be. We've got a cracking guest lined up. Before that, if you haven't already grabbed your own free 14-day trial of Response Suite, where you can actually use surveys for marketing and massive segmentation, you are properly missing out. So make sure you go and do that right now over at responsesuite.com. We've totally hooked you up. That's right. It's all waiting there for you. Now, today, we are speaking with John Thornhill. Now, John is actually the man who got me started in all of this online marketing stuff. You're making him sound really old. (laughs) All that long time ago, I bought something from uh, him on eBay, or as he pronounces it, eBay. eBay. Because he's from here in the northeast of England. And uh, And he's got the accent, doesn't he? Yeah. And we spotted he was selling something on eBay and the, the, the item location was like a mile away from where I lived. So I was really interested. I bought it, ended up on his list and he he sold me things forevermore. And How became, much do you think you've spent with John Thornhill over the years? At least 20 quid. At least 20 quid. John has been doing this a long time. And obviously over this time, he's shifted and moved his business model with the times. And obviously you've been refining things over that time as well. And one of the things he's really passionate about is creating your own product. In a world right now where everyone's telling us we should be getting enrolled in people's affiliate programs and we should be promoting other people's stuff, John stands firm and strong with, no, create your own product. And there's a massive value to doing that rather than just relying on your ability to sell other people's stuff. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I think without further ado, let's tune in. John, how are you doing? Hey, Kennedy. Here, Rob. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I do feel very privileged to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. It's, I'm so pleased you could make the time. So we want to talk to you about the importance of making your own products. So why is actually creating your own products so important, especially these days? Okay. If I asked you, name one success, highly successful marketer who doesn't sell a product of their own, I think you would struggle to come up with a name. Yeah. Um, you know, every single successful marketer out there is selling something, you know, maybe a service or they're teaching something. Even if you've got a successful affiliate, and they're probably teaching what they do. So um, in my opinion, and I've been saying this since 2004, there's nothing more important. Um, you know, it's, it's given you authority. Um, it's, you know, you can produce income streams almost on demand. Once you, you know, once you do master product creation, you can literally have an idea on Monday morning. And literally by Friday, you could be, you could be generating thousands and thousands of dollars in income. Uh, and obviously, it's building that all-important customer list as well. It totally is. It totally is. And I think it's really interesting that maybe, maybe the counter-argument for that might be that maybe the only reason we know certain people is because we know their products. Where there might be some like super affiliate people who all they all they do is build a list and then sell other people's products. What would you say to that? Um, I would say if 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 you've got affiliate marketing versus product creation. And first of all, I do want you guys to understand I generate millions of dollars from affiliate marketing. Okay, I, I I'm a, a successful affiliate, but I would not be a successful affiliate if I wasn't creating my own products and services because obviously I'm building um, customer lists from the products I sell. But the, the argument I would give you back is if you are an affiliate, you can only capitalize on all of the traffic you drive. Okay, so if, if I'm sending, let's say you've got an offer, Kennedy, and I'm sending traffic, I can only benefit from the traffic I'm sending to your offer. Right. But you as a product creator are going to benefit from other affiliates like me sending traffic. So if you're, if you're the product creator, 
you're capitalizing on other affiliates' expertise. For example, Rob, you're, you're, um, you're very talented when it comes to Facebook marketing. I don't really know a lot about Facebook marketing, but I, I don't necessarily have to go and learn that because the affiliates that I've got promoting my products and services are the experts. They, they might use Facebook, Google, you know, whatever to drive the traffic. So literally, if you've, if you've got a, a really good offer in place that's, a, that's attractive to affiliates that customers like, you can literally do nothing and the affiliates will do the work for you. I think as well, if you're just an affiliate, what I pick up from that is if you're just an affiliate, just marketing other people's stuff, and that's your only business model, you're effectively blindly competing with every other affiliate who's marketing that thing. If, there's no, if your business doesn't sit somewhere in the middle, then you are just blindly driving traffic into somebody else's stuff, and you've got no benefit or advantage over any other affiliate. And I think yeah. as well, just on the back of that, is because you're not communicating your own products, it's really difficult for you to cut through with your style, your personality, that kind of stuff as well, if they're not absorbing and consuming your products. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if, you, if you get a, a loyal customer who, who likes what you do, they're obviously going to, you know, if you get them on your list, they're going to invest in the future stuff you, you, you launch. But not just that, you can then, you know, uh, make affiliate offers to those customers. So if, if you build that rapport, and you get your customers on board that they really like what you do. Obviously, if I recommend a product of Rob's or yours, Kennedy, and I believe in it, and I, and I educate my, you know, my, my list about that, I, I'm going to generate the affiliate income as well. But if that's all I was doing, it would be very, very hard to do that. I mean, one of the excuses that lots of people use for not making their own products is that they would, they would argue, well, I don't have anything new to say, or you know, there's already a million products teaching the stuff that I already would teach. So there's, there's nothing, I've got nothing new. I can't stamp anything new. So rather than spending a load of time and money creating their own stuff, it's easier to promote the stuff that already exists. So how do you help those people? What would you say to those people who think, well, I don't have anything to say or nobody wants to buy anything from me? Okay, well, I would say look at the weight loss niche for, for starters. I mean, uh, <laughs> how, many, how many different ways is it to lose weight? And, and if we're being honest with ourselves, we all know if we want to lose weight, we need to exercise more and eat healthily. But there's still a million and one products out there that will, will educate us and tell us how we can lose weight. I think it's the same online. Um, you know, for example, let's take traffic generation, for example. Um, how many different products and services are out there that will teach people or you know, drive traffic for people? And what I always say is if, if you can... You know, find one traffic method that, that you can get to work, what can get you 100 hits per day, which, which anyone can do. You know, let's face it, anyone can go and, and focus on one thing and get to 100 hits per day. You can, you've literally got a product right there. And that's what I normally, you know, teach people when they're starting out. I say, just go and find that one thing. And you might, the counter argument might be, well, John, I, I, you know, I'm not an expert at driving traffic. Who's going to want to buy this from me? Well, my answer to that would be, if you're just starting out and you start to learn something, all of those people what are just below you at that level will want to know how you do it. They wouldn't maybe want to learn from the guru who's driving millions of visitors per month. They might want to learn from the guy who started from zero and within 30 days is getting 100 hits per day and he can show you exactly how he did it. That's the sort of argument I would come back with. And the big, big excuse I get um, is I don't know if I can do it. You know, they haven't got the, a lot of people haven't got the confidence to go and create something. Or a lot of people say, I can't do it. I haven't got the technical ability. Now, if you came to me back in 2006, when I was actually teaching product creation back then and said, I don't know if I can do it, I might say, well, you know, it, it, I can show you how, et cetera. Uh, but back then it was a lot harder. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys can remember maybe Front Page Express and working in mm, HTML. Oh, wow. Things like that. And, and, you know, back then it was a lot harder. But today we've got page builders, we've got squeeze page builders, you've got membership site creators, you know, there's, all of the tools are there for us. And literally now, 
there, there are tools out there where you can literally take a template, create a sales page, click a few buttons, you've got a membership site. So I believe no one's got an excuse. No one, no one will ever come to me if, if they say, you know, I, I can't do it, John. I will always say, well, look, you can, and this is what you need to do. So, um, you know, I think gone are the days where people can use that, the technical ability as an excuse. And I strongly believe, you know, even if you think you can't come up with the subject or a topic, there's always something. Um, and if you create something of your own, just, just to sort of, for anyone who think, well, thinks, well, what about, uh, you know, it's been done a million times before, no one's done it like you, okay? No matter what you teach, no one's done it like you. And, and if you put your own sort of personality into it, you will have a unique product. E-marketers don't know they're born these days, do they? With all these page creators and all exactly. those and stuff they didn't have back in the day. <laughs> exactly. Angled toys. So when we're looking at different types of products, what would you say are the easiest or fastest product types for people to create if they want to like sort of get going with this? Oh, I would, I would have to say just a, just a report, just a simple report. I mean, you, you, you know, you can open a Microsoft Word or, or whatever. You can even use a free tool uh, to create a simple PDF that reveals one thing. You know, go, go out and learn something. For example, let's, let's use the 100 hits per day as an example again. Go out and learn how to drive 100 hits per day as a, you know, using a certain method, and you can create a PDF. You can, you can take screenshots, et cetera. And I've seen simple reports sell online, you know, where they've made tens and tens of thousands of dollars just selling a simple report with no funnel or nothing like that for $10. I've seen it happen many, many times online. And is that still so, happening now, John? Is that a thing that's not retired back to the early 2000s? Um, I would definitely say it's still happening now. I mean, um, there was a, a big launch just happened where a guy was selling a report for $47, just teaching, you know, just telling everyone what he thought about the online space and he was teaching what he knew. So yes, I believe it's not just about the format. It's about what, what you're actually teaching. And if, 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 uh, if it's something that people want to learn, they will buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess people don't care what they're getting. They don't care whether it's a PDF or whether it's a video for the most part. Like, I think so- there is perceived value in that, isn't it? Maybe we have a quick chat about that. Do you think, what do you think the sort of ranking is of product format? So what's the sort of quote unquote cheapest end of the market? And then if you want to scale in terms of more premium price products, where does that go to? What's the, what's the highest price and what's everything in between? Everything. Okay, well, well, you, you start with it. out. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if I was going to write a quick report today, you know, let's say I was going to reveal one one thing. Usually for me as well, if, I, if I'm doing some sort of report, it's, it's one thing. Um, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 pages long. As long as, as long as when someone's read it, they've got something they can do and action and get results. You talk maybe 10, 20, $27, something like that. Now, obviously, if I was doing that today, I would, I would put some sort of funnel in place. So maybe... Um, it would, you know, the upsell could be something along the lines of video training or something like that. Mm. Um, but you've, you've obviously got audio and, and things like that. But if I was, most of my products, what I create today will involve all the different formats. So they will have a PDF mm. and they might have their worksheets or checklists that they can follow through, you know, print off. They will have vi- over the shoulder video training and they might have an audio where I might have found an expert, you know, to, to interview on the subject even might have some sort of software or a plugin. What I try and do is, is, is create a complete package. So mm. it's almost like a, 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 you know, everything you could possibly need. Now, all those different sort of learning styles. And so everybody sort of looks at it and go, oh, I don't really like to read, but oh, there's a video thing in there. And I really want to sort of get a handle on that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got different formats and you, and you put it on your page, right? Um, for example, I won't add one 60-minute video to a page. I'll add 10 to 23 to 6-minute videos to a page. Then when someone hits the page, not only is it easy to consume, it looks like you're getting more, you know? Right. So uh, I, I, if, if you compile different formats and, and it's very easy to do once you, you know, once you know what you're doing, 
it obviously has that higher perceived value than someone who's just maybe selling a quick report or, or just a series of videos. Mm, mm, that's really cool. I like the idea of breaking it down into shorter videos. And obviously that makes the whole thing easier to update as well. You know, if you've got like 10, six minute videos as opposed to one 60 minute video, uh, did I do the math? I did. I did the math. Uh, then that means you can, um, that crowd means, goes mild. <laughs> that means you've only got to update one video. If that only yeah, that one bit. Only that one so bit. how do you go about like the world's moving really quickly, isn't it? So how do you, um, and how often do you look back at the stuff you've created in the past and make sure it's up to date? You know, for example, if you made a thing about WordPress, WordPress changes its pants every like eight minutes. So like, how do you make sure you keep everything? Yeah, imagine the world of Facebook ad training. Oh yeah, God! Absolutely. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> well, to be to be uh, honest, Rob, I, I do what you do. You know what? Like um, what you suggested there. Sorry, um, many short, quick videos. Um, not only is it easier to consume. You know, like for example, let's say uh, I'm teaching. I don't know how to build a blog and drive traffic. I might have twenty, thirty training videos. That's easier to consume. Looks looks like you're getting more value. And there's nothing worse in my eyes than, than opening a video and seeing it's like eighty nine minutes long. I'm like, oh my god. Can I have I got the time to do this? Um, so if you just do it in short, sharp steps, there's every chance if something gets updated, you might only have to do a little bit. Now, obviously, if, if it's only a minor tweak, let's say, for example, WordPress changed one little thing. Uh, I would maybe just have a little message under the video saying you have, you know, maybe a screenshot or something. This has changed since the video was recorded. But if as time goes by and your products get all that, there usually becomes a time where you have to update the whole, co- the whole course. Uh, if that happens, then for me, that's an excuse to do the whole thing again or, or do it in, you know, where I think it needs updated, make it better and have a relaunch. That's usually what I do. But um, if I find it's just one or two videos, I just update them as necessary. But like you say, the internet moves so, so fast these days um, and, and things change. I mean, uh, for example, WordPress, you can log in and, you know, and it'll, be, it'll look completely different. ClickBank is one of those things back in the day. <laughs> it went from blue to red and then to something else. And I like, literally had... I must have had a full course covering this. And I was like, oh my God, you know, um, but at, at first it was just the way it looked, which was okay. So I just literally put a message on the page saying it looks different, but everything is the same. But over time, things change. And worst case scenario, uh, you t- change the worst case scenario, the best case scenario, you can create a new product and have a relaunch. Yeah, just so it becomes that old version. You, you, you release 2.0 Ninja version of it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. So one of the big things that we all hear about, not just the marketing, but also the content, we're talking about moving people from that sort of a, a cheap product, which might you know, a lower end product, which might be like a PDF or a report or something, up to like video courses and stuff like that. But a big thing that we hear often, and we've also all been through, I'm sure, is that terrifying fear of actually being on video. You know, you should be on video in the sales video and the upsell video and all the product. But for some people, that's a really terrifying thing. How have you, I mean, have you dealt with that yourself? I have. Yeah, I have. And how, did, um, how did you get over it? Do you know what? It was just a case of, I knew I had to do it. I mean, my accent's very strong. You, you know, you guys were, were from the same area. So it's actually quite refreshing to, uh, you know, talk to people from the same area but sometimes when I'm talking you know when, when you go I was always aware of my accent let's put it that way I was always aware of my accent being very strong and I thought to myself are people from different parts of the world going to understand me mm. uh, and that was always a big sort of fear for me and it took me about three to four years to, to record my voice that was the first sort of hurdle I had to overcome uh, and it started when I, I launched a site way, way back called uh, mentorshipmonthly.com and that very first training video was about four or five minutes long and I'm talking very quiet and I, and I sound a little bit nervous and, and I'm trying to talk with a, with a very posh accent that people can understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then over time, I sort of, I think 
my confidence grew. Then I went, I went into the, you know, doing more where I'm looking at the camera. And now it's just second nature. I mean, uh, a lot of the time now, uh, I just put my phone on, you know, point and shoot and, and do something. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, the only advice I can really give you here is you just have to do it. If it's something you need to do to move your business forward, it's just something you have to um, overcome. And I, I would I would dare say once you've done it once, if, if this is a, a sort of a major hurdle for you, once you've done it once, you'll probably wonder what the fuss was about. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe that's more your department or where you, 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 you know, you, you deal with this sort of thing maybe on a, on a, on a bigger scale where, you know, public speaking, things like that. I don't know, but uh, I just think it's just something you have to get over and do if, if you want to move forward. Just feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. <laughs> um, and sometimes that is just the answer, isn't it? You just have to get out there and do it. Um, so, I mean, if you look at everything, what's your kind of like favorite personal, personal favorite type of product? Of all the things you can create, what do you, you said you like to do like multimedia courses and stuff, but of, the, of all of it, what's your favorite bit? Um, if I'm being honest, it's usually over the shoulder training for me where I will teach whatever it is, you know, and let's use that blog example again. If I, if I was going to teach someone how to install WordPress and set it up and add plugins, uh, and drive traffic, that sort of thing. It would be literally just firing up uh, Stringflow on a Mac or Camtasia on Windows and just recording what I'm doing. And um, I would then obviously, like I said earlier, add PDFs, check sheets, things like that. But most of my material is literally um, looking at the camera. Sorry, looking at the looking over the shoulder. Sorry, at my computer and and, and watching what I'm doing. I also do um, a lot of presentations as well. Um, so those are my sort of favorite type of products. And when you say presentations, do you mean like they're just that they're trainings that are presentations on screen or do you mean live presentations? I've done, well, I have done both. I do, I do a lot of webinars, but, um, what I try and do, uh, for, for example, one of my products, Simple Traffic Solutions, um, I cover, I think it's 22 different traffic methods. Which has sold want, like a bajillion copies. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, I've actually updated that product three times going back to what you said earlier, because, you know, traffic methods get old and things like that. But, um, what, let's say I'm teaching, I don't know, getting traffic from WordPress. Okay. I might do a presentation in, in PowerPoint or mm -hmm. keynote, what we'll talk about, why you, you know, you need to be building a blog and how, you know, things like that. Uh, and then I'll do the practical training, what will show people how I actually do it. So what I try and incorporate in my training is a little bit of, a little bit of theory, as I call it, where I, I talk about the subject and then actual practical training where I show people how I'm actually doing it. And I think if you do it that way, you're not missing anything out. I mean, some training programs will just do the theory where they'll say, you know, you know, you can drive traffic from your blog. You just need to build a blog, et cetera, et cetera. But then you might leave the person thinking, well, how do I do that? Mm. You know, then I, then I actually show people how to do it as well. So it ticks all the boxes. Okay. So when you're actually creating a product, what would you say the core skills that you need to have? Or if you don't have yourself and you don't know, learn them all perhaps, because I know we've all been guilty of that, trying to learn to do too many of the things yourself you should be outsourcing stuff and finding experts perhaps when you're at that point but what are the key skills you need to assemble either in yourself or in a core team well i think what, no matter what you're going to, to do you need to know that you know you need to research and, and know what you're going to teach i mean um, i have seen a lot of people who will who will literally you know they think if they go and read an ebook and then not some you know some training videos that's enough um, i think you have to make sure that whatever you're going to teach someone once they've consumed your training or whatever, they can then go and get results. For me personally, that's how, that's how I sort of compile my products. So you have to know the topic. For me, you have to know the topic. Now, you can outsource as well. I'm not, I'm not really big on outsourcing anything to do with the product creation part of it, like, for example, the training. I know people do it, um, but me personally, I, you know, I'd rather teach people myself and record the videos myself. So... I, I wouldn't be very comfortable putting my name to something someone else has done, if that makes sense. 
or, you know, um, so I, my personal opinion is research the topic, make sure you know what you're doing. Uh, and as long as people can get actionable steps for me, that's, that's what I try to put in place. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if somebody's got a product and they're thinking, right, this is okay. Now you've, you've got a product, but they maybe haven't got a business yet. They've just got a product and it's selling some copies, but it's not really a full business yet. And they're ready to make the next product. Maybe they're thinking, okay, it would make sense to have an upsell product that I can stick in after the main product. And then that obviously maximizes the order value potentially from that from every transaction what's the process of deciding what's next in your kind of funnel so you've got a product how do you decide what the the immediate next thing is wow good question um i would i would dare say for most of my upsells it will usually take away some element of work or it will teach them even more so sort of help them get on the next ladder so um for example let, let me keep using this blogging example if i was going to teach you how to set up wordpress uh, and get traffic maybe an upsell could be something where i'll help you build it Maybe an upsell could be where I will generate content on a monthly basis, teach new advanced strategies. Um, maybe it'll be something along the lines of, well, I let you consult with me um, to, to sort of get the most from your, your WordPress blog. I maybe, uh, you know, check out what you're doing and give you advice, et cetera, et cetera. So for more, most of the time, for me, an upsell will definitely help you get better results or make life easier for you. That makes a lot of sense. So now we're going to cut through this. We're going to have a little bit of a break. We're going to have a little bit of a game here. Now, this is the, I think this is probably the personal favorite part of the podcast from Colin, who's our founding developer here at Response Week. And uh, he has, in fact, made a special request. So I sit opposite Colin in the, op- in the office. I'm looking at it now, Colin. You're, a, you're, a, you're <laughs> an evil morning, genius. <laughs> Colin looked over the monitors at me and sort of said, wouldn't it be good if he did? And then named this particular song. Nearly give it away. <laughs> <laughs> name this particular song so uh here's the uh, the bit for anyone who's heard this on the podcast before uh, you understand john this is for you, a quick explanation for you uh my colleague kennedy over here hello that's him uh is going to sing a song <laughs> but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional british club singer and john and the listeners at home dear listener uh, is to, uh, your job is to try and guess what the song might be so in the style of a traditional british <laughs> kind of like in a traditional british club i'm singer. trying to keep it straight this is really this is the most difficult part of my job i only know the chorus of this ah uh, you see you a, you've never done this in karaoke that's why no, no. I, I had a little karaoke tape when i was a kid I used to play it in and blast this was it. out when you were a kid wasn't it <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> excellent <laughs> So, uh, can't wait. I can't Kennedy, wait. <laughs> Kennedy, your song in traditional British pub club singing style. Take it away. What? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I have not. <laughs> I have not got a clue. <laughs> we'll find out at the end of the episode. We'll find out what it is. Oh God. So. Uh, <laughs> wow. Rob, you're gonna have to take the next question. Okay, so the final question. With products, when you create your own products, obviously, you've now got a little bit of extra responsibility when it comes to things like customer support. Obviously, as an affiliate or whatever, it's really down to the vendor. Um, So when it's when it's your customer support and your product, what are the options here? Do you prefer to handle it yourself? I know, for example, uh, uh, it says on the bottom of your emails, if somebody replies to your email, it will get a direct reply from you. It doesn't like forward and open. So how do you handle it? Are there options to outsource customer support? And how do you feel about the possibilities? Okay, let me let me touch on that first thing you said there, Rob. Um, when I when I send a broadcast email, I do say at the at the very end, if you reply, you'll get a personal response from me. That is true. 
Um, there's, no, there's no sort of gatekeeping when it comes to that. And, and sometimes people reply not expecting a response, uh, almost putting me to the test, and, and they are actually shocked um, you know, when I do reply. But one reason I do that as well, just a little extra tip here, it helps me inbox. Okay, so if you, if you reply to someone, it's sort of building that all-important relationship to get in people's inboxes. Now, I'm no meal delivery expert, but I do know that helps. So just a little extra tip there. Um, but as, when it comes to support, um, it was one of the first things I started to outsource. Uh, and I actually um, approached someone who was one of my customers uh, who, who was helping out in one of my forums. And that's literally, just naturally progressed from there. Um, but now my son, Alex, does my support for me uh, on, my, on my regular help desk. And I've got my son, Alex, and a, another guy called Randy who helped me on my coaching help desk. Um, I still get heavily, heavily involved in support. Um, you know, if anything I need to take care of, needs, you know, if I need to take care of something, it does happen. But what you don't want to be doing, once you start to become established, uh, and once you start to, you know, once you start to become successful, you'll notice you'll get more and more support tickets. Uh, you don't want to be sort of fixing people's password issues or, you know, simple little things like that. That's someone, that's a job for someone else because you want to be sort of managing your time wisely and your time should not be spent dealing with support issues that someone else can maybe deal with. Um, so, you know, as you'll know when the time comes, you'll, the time will come when you're literally starting to get bogged down with support tickets. And, and you know, and, and my advice is go and find someone who might be uh, closer to you, you know, maybe in one of your groups, maybe a past customer, something like that. Uh, someone who might maybe understand what you're doing and understand your business and then just take it from there. Love it. That's a great, great bit of advice. It's, it's always a case with, with all of us when we're trying to outsource something and figuring out when. It's like, I know I need to do it. It's just a case of when. So thanks for that. Um, we're going to now head into what we lovingly call the quickfire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So what would be a book you'd recommend, John? The Go-Giver. The first book I ever recommend is called The Go-Giver. I think a guy who wrote it is called Bob Berg. Um, and the reason I tell people to read that book, first of all, it's literally a two to three hour read. Very, very you know, simple to get through. It sort of teaches the concept of giving and delivering value rather than thinking about making money. Now, one, one thing I sort of uh, tell people is forget about making money, okay? Just forget. You know, when people come to me and say, John, how can I, you know, I just want to get something going. I want to earn $10 a day or $100 a week. And I always say, forget that. How are you going to deliver value? Mm. Once, you, once you figure that out, you, you don't have to think about earning the money. So if you read that book, that will sort of hopefully change your mindset if all you think about is making money. What's your top success habit? Something you do maybe daily or weekly? Oh, right. I, I, I usually know what's coming the next day and, and the next week. Uh, I usually sort of map out my week. So usually, it's usually on a Sunday evening. I might, I might sort of uh, look at what I've got next week, you know, promotions. Am I, am I creating any new content? Am, am I involved in any product launches? Things like that. Um, so I will know what's coming the week ahead. I don't, I don't think you want to be walking into your office or into your, your whatever it is, wherever it is you work, your bedroom, your, your lounge, whatever, switching the computer on and not knowing what you need to do that day. I think you need to have a sort of a plan of things you might do on a daily basis, such as maybe check support, you know, write, write promotional emails, whatever. But I think you should also know what's sort of happening that week. And one big tip from, from me here would be to make sure you do one thing, at least one thing every single day, Monday to Friday at least, that uh, is taking your business forward. You know, it might be writing some content or whatever. Just make sure there's one thing you do. What well, at the end of the day, you say, right, I've achieved something a day. I've grew my business that little bit more. That's great. Who do you look up to? Wow. Right. But in the day, 
Um, one of the first guys I looked up to was called Jim Cochran. I, I got started on eBay, and, and, and Jim was like, uh, for me, he was like the, the, the pinnacle of what I wanted to achieve. Um, I'm, I'm, a really big sort of day for me came when he actually promoted one of my products. But, I, you know, I, he was a guy I learned a lot from. Uh, also, Mike Filsim was a guy I learned a lot from. I mean, one of my first big ticket purchases was Butterfly Marketing. I don't know if you guys will remember that, I but remember in 2006. That. That, was, that was like a revolution, wasn't it? What was show? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike literally invented the, the one-time offer. Back, back then, I was selling stuff, and that was it. One, one product, no upsell or nothing. And he sort of taught that concept. Uh, so I learned a lot from Mike and Jim. I mean, today, I'll be honest, I don't. there's not a, a lot of marketers I sort of go to a lot or, or, or follow. I mean, I do follow. I'm, I'm, I'm more watching what they're doing. And, and, and some names I spring to mind will be uh, Michael Cheney. Uh, I like watching what Frank Kern's up to, and I'm watching a lot of Ty Lopez's stuff at the moment. And um, you know that guy seems to be absolutely everywhere at the moment. Mm. So maybe today that's the sort of model as I'm looking at. How do you define success? Okay, here is how I define success. First of all, it's not about how much money you make. For me, it's not waking up to an alarm clock and being able to do what you want when you want. I haven't properly woke up to an alarm clock since. June the 3rd, 2006, which was the day I walked out of uh, the factory I used to work in. You know, and there's, there's no worse feeling than uh, when you're really, really tired, 5, 6 a.m., it's still dark outside, uh, and that alarm clock goes off. The only time I really wake up to an alarm clock now is usually if I've got to be, you know, traveling somewhere, maybe to an airport or something I was going like to say, that. it's nice when the only time your alarm clock goes off is to remind you to get up, to get on the plane, to go on holiday or vacation. Yeah, and I think if you've, if you've, if you've got that in your life, it might take $1,000 a month. It might take $2,000 a month. Whatever it may take, once you get to that level where you can literally run your own life, I think that's, for me, a success. It's great. Really big, important question for you, John. Who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I can't answer that. You can't make me answer that. The tension well, look, Kennedy, in the room right now. You've made me laugh the most today with the, the club singer. <laughs> uh, so maybe you, get bonus, maybe you get bonus points for that one. <laughs> Kennedy swung it somehow. I think I just swung it there. <laughs> Finally, most importantly of all, where can people go if they want to find out more about you, John? Okay. Uh, well, if you go to johnthornhill.com, simple as that. Uh, you can you will literally be redirected to a place where you can you can learn more about what we've talked about you know product creation in general there's a free workshop it's one of those automated webinar things okay we all know they're not live to be honest <laughs> you, can, you can go and you can sign up and you can maybe learn a bit more about what i teach but if you put slash blog on the end of that as well that will take you to my blog where if you wanted to opt in you know whatever just have a look at what i do you can go there as well so johnthornhill.com will take you to a uh, workshop product creation workshop it's called and johnthorner.com slash blog will obviously take you to my blog and if you didn't take notes on that or you didn't quite understand what on earth john was talking about then uh, don't worry uh we've taken care of all of that grace in the office has taken care of all the show notes all the links will be over exactly where robert and they'll be at blog.responsesweek.com forward slash zero two three. Oh yes the, sang, the big reveal john sadly didn't get it so well done to any oh. might have got it the song was in fact Culture Club, Karma Chameleon. No way. It was. You need, to do it, you need to do it again now so I can think of that song. I hear what it. I would, I would have done it a bit like... I want to upgrade my co-host. <laughs> I feel like I've been... We're going to use that as the tease at the beginning of the episode. You're the first... You're the first guest, John, to participate in the club. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for spending some time with no us. No worries. Cheers, Anytime. mate. Thank you.
All right. Thank you. A font of knowledge is that man. What a cool conversation. I've never really thought about before, you know, that an idea that having such a, a, such a great product allows you to have so many more opportunities and build what I would call like a proper business rather than just like slamming out offers all the time. Yeah, you can definitely see if all you're doing is driving traffic, whether you're buying it or working for it, directly into somebody else's offer. You are just blindly and literally invisibly competing with everybody else with no added value, with nothing at all. And basically, you don't really have any other business other than being literally a traffic source. That's all you are. So all you have to do is you're trying to build in all of these different people into a list or whatever it is, or even whether that's an email list or an audience in Facebook or one of the other networks, and then just blasting out other people's offers. And you're just basically helping them build their customer base. And what do you have? Where's the intrinsic value that you're building in your business? It's it's pretty low, really. And my favorite thing about the whole thing is people might say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's easy to just drive traffic into an affiliate offer. But truthfully, if you have your own product, you can have affiliates, as John said, driving traffic to you. And that's even easier. You know, like this is a fantastic model. And then the affiliate marketing becomes the icing on the cake, not the cake itself. Indeed. So like if you've got the product, it means if you've got, let's just say you had like a really small affiliate piece, right? You've got 10 affiliates that are all pushing customers to you. That means you're benefiting from the 10 different sources of traffic. Whereas if you're the affiliate and all you're doing is the affiliate, you're only benefiting from the traffic and the list that you're building from one source or a couple of sources. So I think it's absolutely massive. So uh, take massive action on that. And of course, as ever, this podcast is brought to you by us, the fine folks at Response Suite, like we keep talking about. And if you haven't already signed up for your 14-day free trial, where you can integrate your surveys with your other email marketing systems so you can actually do really smart marketing with your surveys we've hooked you up with a 14-day free trial all you need to do is go over to responsesuite.com you can grab it right now Mm. why not you've got now to lose it all now all of the show notes from today's episode have been typed up and put together by the lovely grace here in our office you can find those over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero two three you can also find us on the social medias now how about this as a challenge you might have noticed john is the first podcast guest so far to actually attempt the club singer song that kennedy sang earlier in this episode. So we would like to invite you, dear listener, to have your go at a rendition of a club singer song, just like you heard John do in this episode, and send it to us on the social media, and we'll be delighted to share it with the world. So have a go, try it, and send it to us at uh, Response Suite on Facebook or Instagram, if you can do it that way. Send us in. We'd love to hear your attempt at the club singing, singing, singing. We'd absolutely love that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come up with a prize. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll come up with a cool prize and let you know more about that. Just tag us. Make sure you tag us in it at Response Suite on all the various social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace. No, not MySpace. <laughs> anyway, that's it for another week. I will be back next week. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Don't miss a thing. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.